There we are. All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's edition of Just Two Dads. Um, never wants to be uh, boring. Uh, Brian is on the road this week, but that is dedication. So, because because uh, he, he he's still on. Um, matter of fact, his uh, being on the road is part of uh, you know his dad duty. So uh, you know, uh, appreciate you being here, Brian. Um, this week we don't have guests. It is just the two of us. So it is as we began, where we just typically have our our conversations and um, have people uh, hopefully and uh, you know join us and chime in and share comments and enjoy what we have to say. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I am doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, we chose an interesting uh, topic for today. We were, you know, there's a, a handful of things. Um, we've got uh, a couple of things that have taken place since our last uh, broadcast. We are now on um, uh, Apple. Uh, what is it? Apple. I, 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 what am I? Apple podcasts. So you can now f- find us on, uh, on Apple. And uh, I believe we are on Spotify at this point as well. And uh, looking to grow, in addition to the fact that we're on Facebook Live, obviously, where it all began uh, just a few short months ago. But we decided to talk about today, uh, review some of the topics that uh, we covered uh, in the past. And we've got some great things coming up in the next coming weeks. But um, the topics that we've discovered over the past couple months have been um, estate planning, life insurance, and things like that as it relates to special needs. Um, social interaction as well, and how that relates to how uh, businesses and corporations deal with, uh, or their employees deal with uh, social interaction with um, with uh, their uh, associates, their, their guests and customers. And we had a fantastic lady um, um, by the name of Layla Luna, and uh, we had some severe technical difficulties that day from her end, and we weren't able to have the video to go with the audio. But why don't we start there, especially because even though she's not aware of this, um, this is all created um, for the intent to uplift people, uh, generally speaking, but particularly those in the special needs community. And so we want to promote any type of goodness that anybody's doing, especially in that community. And, um, you know, Brian, I'll let you talk a little bit about what we know of what she's got going on and what's transpired since she's been with us so we can get the word out there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the thing that I love about um, the conversations I've had with Layla, we had uh, with her a couple weeks ago, and I've had subsequently with her, is she's fierce. You know, she really is. A, she's a she's a champion. And the idea for her foundation, just be, um, just be the change dot org, is uh, it, it came from her personal experience. She and her family had gone to a restaurant. Her son is on the autism spectrum. He's he's twelve years old, and um, and he was having some challenges. Uh, with um, sensory, you know, sensory input and was having what, what others would say a, a tantrum. And they, she and her family were asked to leave the restaurant. So the other patrons and the employees had, you know, were having issues and didn't really know how to, how to properly deal with it. And so they left and she was like, this is, this is wrong. Businesses should, uh, should allow and be aware of how large this market is. And knowing that there are sensory input uh, challenges for a lot of people. By the way, some people who are who've never been diagnosed as being on the spectrum have sensory input issues. If you've ever been to a, or if you've ever been to a theater and saw a movie, and 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 your and your first thought was, my gosh, that was so assaultive. Like I was assaulted on every <laughs> every sensation, right? Right. There's a there's right. a sensory input com- component there, right? Some people don't even realize. Um, right. And so and she's doing and so she's doing work with um, with companies to create uh, headsets that uh, that folks who have sensory input sensitivities can wear if they're going into a mall, um, if they're going into a movie theater, if they're going into you know, another location. And so her her foundation is committed to educating um, corporations and businesses and restaurants and any place where the public gathers and creating sensitivity and awareness. Um, uh, uh, education and support for, for those employees um, to create a better environment. So uh, it's amazing. And she's raising money for her foundation. She's got a lot of people who are interested. It's an incredible deck. So she's getting the word out. So anything that we can do to help support her, I could imagine a target creating special shopping times for families who are dealing with special needs issues to have some quiet time, you know, dim the lights, put, you know, calming, have it be a calming atmosphere 
to create opportunity for, you know, there to, you know, to be in a shopping experience that's unchallenged. Um, Layla's amazing. Right. And, and this Friday, she's, uh, she's speaking at the, um, the Best You Expo. It was called Best You Expo in Dallas, but I think they're doing it virtually. Uh, so she is, uh, she has a slot to speak and we'll be talking about autism and how these kinds of things uh, impact. So people should definitely go check her out. Um, follow Just Be on social media and wherever we can find corporate sponsors or people who are interested in this. And maybe they, they have personally, like her, experienced their own challenges in a public place. Um, you know, maybe that they, they, they understand and agree and want to support an organization that's committed to changing the environment around uh, folks who are dealing with, with those kinds of challenges. So Most definitely. Yeah, we just put it your, in the chat too. So um, the, the the event is actually there because there, there are a, a huge and, and growing um, organization in terms of personal development and things of that sort. And so she actually participated in the one that they had here. And it's funny because since COVID there, you know, there's the best you, you know, Los Angeles and, you know, wherever this next one is, you know, in, in Texas and different Dallas. cities, Dallas. but it's Dallas. Okay. But the city is almost out the window because at the time that they began putting them together, the plan was for them to be live physical events, which they've done and they've been successful at, but now they're all virtual. So it's very, uh, right. very interesting. And it's, uh, it's actually just in terms of uplifting and empowering people as well. What I know of, of, of that entity, just, you know, overall, you know, anybody that has something to add to someone, um, in, in the way of personal development and things of that sort, they have the door open for people to be able to do that. So it's an interesting platform. Uh, the gentleman that put that together, uh, is somebody that uh, obviously believes in uh, in doing those kind of things and lifting people up. Um, the next thing that um, that we that we did we talked about, and this goes back to last week. Our guest last week um, was uh, uh, Glenn from uh, Legacy Shield, who works with us and and Intervivos with regard to special needs trusts and wills. And that was, uh, I enjoyed that probably more than, I don't know, it was one of my favorite ones because I felt like I learned so much and it was it was something that I thought I knew uh, a lot about. I expected to learn, but I, I learned so much more than I, than I thought I would. And that, 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 that's always surprising. And it, and it was a, a, you know, a wonderful thing. And there were, there were instances that, Glenn brought up with regard to the importance of the wills and trust and things that I thought I knew that I was, uh, that I was pretty surprised about. I would imagine you feel the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know that was really great. Uh, really phenomenal, uh, phenomenal work that they're doing. And, and people think that putting a will and a trust together is, uh, is extremely expensive. And I think if done properly and with the right guidance, it can actually be very cost effective. Um, and, and Glenn's company legacy shield and the attorneys that they have working with them are, you know, very, very conscious of trying to keep costs down and making sure that they can provide something that's that's going to be beneficial. I'd much rather have somebody put something together that's beneficial than have them not have their family taken care of, you know, for the unforeseen. Oh, definitely. Happens. Definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. So. Um, and then the, the other thing that we were going to talk about, which, you know, this is where I hope that people would chime in some is, we are in the midst of the political season and it is not like any we've ever seen before, especially if you've seen a couple. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw the other day, there's some very interesting things. Um, yeah, I'll get to us talking about how this affects the special needs community and, you know, and, and things of that sort in particular, but just generally speaking, uh, there's so much division that's, you know, within the country right now uh, on either side of the fence. But something interesting, I don't know if you saw the other day, that Shaquille O'Neal, at the age of 48, um, just recently voted and admitted that it was the first time in his life ever that he voted. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. And my first reaction was just like, oh, that's horrible, whatever. Um, <laughs> I thought about the fact, and it is to an extent, but what's redeeming about it is the fact that he said so, is that he admitted it, that he shared it. Because he didn't have to do that. He could have just simply casted his vote. And that would be the end of that. He has right. come out on behalf of um, candidates um, in the past, at least people that are running for sheriff and things of that sort. So I think he wanted to make sure that he he owned that. Um, and it's just it's interesting, you know. I think uh, last year was it last year? When did the um, 
in the, in the primaries, I think, that took place, you know, Elijah actually went with me to the polls. And we happened to be, I was going to run out to drop off my ballot. And I just thought, you know, he's not going to know exactly what the concept is and everything, but who am I to say what he is or is not going to get? So why not take him with me? So he went in there with me um, to the booth and everything, and we walked through it and everything. And, you know, don't know quite what he got from it, but it's interesting because invariably when someone pops up on a screen, I'll ask him, I'll say, do you know, you know who that is, bud? Just to find out where he's at. Nine times out of ten, he knows who it is. And sometimes it can be somebody, you know, like, you know, way back in the past. We were, in a, you know, at, at a restaurant once and it was around Christmas time and there's some music on. And I said, Elijah, who's that? And or what he does is he says to me, who's that, daddy? And I'm, my response is, I don't know, Elijah. Who is that? That's his cue for me to ask him. I said, I don't know. Who is that? He goes, that's Perry Como. And I was like, I don't know why you know that, but that's good. <laughs> so the same thing applies. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, talking about candidates and stuff. And I'll say, who is that? And he'll say, that's so-and-so. And you'll be surprised that he knows that. So there's several things to look at in this political season in terms of like how much at the age of 14 for a neurotypical kid does he absorb and get? And then, you know, how much in his case does he absorb and get? And, you know, what I'm, the direction I'm going to go in now is, more of a question than a statement so you know and i don't know what you might have to add because we've not talked about this a whole lot that's how real we keep it but uh looking at legislation that will potentially affect the special needs community i know that there's one of them uh which ties into again with our one of our previous guests who's uh georgiano uh georgiana jungo kelman who is a special needs education attorney and there was some conversation that we had going back and forth with regard to LAUSD um, and what is perceived as uh, hypocrisy with regard to how they do and don't want to open the classes for the distance right. learning. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I'm, and I, I think that the challenges that, um, that, that, that schools across the country are having right now is the whole the distance learning uh, limitations for, for neurotypical kids is tough enough, right? Some right. people don't have that don't have, uh, you know, strong enough internet or they don't have access to internet in their homes and um, they don't have the devices or the devices have limitations or even if they have devices and they have them and they have the internet, um, they drop out. I, I'm, I'm traveling today with my, with my 13 year old who's in uh, last year middle, middle school, um, he couldn't get online today. And, you know, we are in the middle of downtown Los Angeles with plenty of wireless, we have Wi-Fi access and it's got a device that was off that was provided by the school, and yet, for 20 minutes of the of the class, couldn't get on couldn't get online. So there's already challenges that exist. Um, the infrastructure wasn't ever in place to support distance learning with so many kids and so many people, and everybody working from home online as well. Right? We've really liked, we've really like we've saturated the 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 the, the, the internet lines. If you if that's a possibility, I never thought we could actually max them out, but it does create a lot of uh, on instability when it comes to internet access. Um, and so now right. add to the fact that you've got special needs kids who, who their challenges of sitting in front of a, of a computer and with technology that's unstable and, you know, sitting, you know, sitting still or sitting, you know, to take in input from a screen as opposed to a live environment. That is a whole new set of challenges. And, you know, in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Unified School District is a massive organization. Uh, billions, right. billions of dollars, billions of dollars. And uh, most of it goes to administration, not to the teachers. Uh, and the administration at the LAUSD has been given a green light and has been given the approval to do in-person learning and to do one-on-one -on -one learning with special needs kids. But the, at the administrative level, they have, they have sent out clear communication to their teachers that they do not condone it and don't want them to be doing it. Um, and it's less of a safety measure as it is, I think, just management more than anything. Whatever their reasons are, they've just mm -hmm. added another level of complication. And it's and it's and it's wrong. It's just, you know, again, they make they make accommodations for children with special needs. I don't know. If, and I'm sure you know this, but maybe the audience doesn't know this. But, you know, when when a special needs child is is being uh, taught, provided educational services in a mainstream school setting, um, that school receives funds from their state for right. additional 
uh, training resources. And so if that child is not being served and the family wants to remove the child from the mainstream school and put them in a school that's more specialized, um, A, the school, the, the school, is that, is that me repeating? I'm not sure what happened. There. No, that was me. That was me. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. So the school <laughs> loses it. It loses its funding from the state, right? right. The school loses its funding from the state and the uh, district has to pay for the, the, the education resources for that child in another, in another location. So if, if the public school system can't provide the proper resources for that child and they have to be moved into a private setting, then the school district has to pay the private education facility. So you can imagine from a really purely financial perspective, they fight any, any kind of change to the, you know, to the, to the status quo of having special needs children be served by, you know, by the public, um, by the public school setting. So it's a challenge in the best of times and under normal circumstances, additional challenges with distance learning and the current situation um, now, um, you know, it, it, thank goodness we have people like Georgiana Junko Kelman out there advocating for families and for special needs uh, kids to, to get the, to get the best services. So, And it's, it's interesting because, you know, me personally, it kind of goes up and down in terms of how um, uh, how I feel affected and how, from my perspective, our kids seem to be affected by the uh, by uh, by the quarantine and by distance learning. And so, you know, because for me, from a selfish standpoint, it's a little more convenient in that I'm not getting up in the morning and running them to school, doing appointments appointments with clients, then turning around. And going back out, like like for instance, there's at least one day where they get out at two. We go on here at two o'clock. Um, right. That wouldn't take place in a you know in in a, uh, a, a pre-COVID environment. But so for me, it's easy to say, well, it's not a whole lot more difficult. But then I thought the other day as I tried to about somebody else's perspective, and I ended up asking the um, the kids, our girls in particular. Um, one is a senior, the other is a sophomore. Asking them, you know, what do you what do you think about all this in terms of being at home? Do you like, do you prefer it? Do you do you miss school? And they both really miss school more so than I expected. And in Elijah's case, you know, even though he's verbal, he's not going to necessarily come right out and say, I, you know, I miss school. But his way of telling you will be by telling you that he wants to go, um, yeah. which he's done. On several occasions, so it's starting to get to him just a, a little bit because part of his routine was, you know, you know, go to school after school. There's certain errands that we run, and we, you know, get a snack and you know his favorite places to go to and stuff like that. And that's kind of out the door. Quite frankly, all things considered, he's done pretty well for having gone a long time without knowing when he's going to go out the door and go someplace. And that's another aspect of. The whole quarantine, which is another thing we talked about on one of our earliest shows, which is how is everyone affected by um, uh, the the quarantine and their kids as it relates to social interaction. Well, in his case, he likes going to retail stores. There's a handful that he likes going to. He prefers, even though he'll settle for the drive-through, he likes the experience of going in and sitting down to eat. He likes reading the signs. He likes. Mm being involved in the transaction you know yeah. taking the card putting it in the debit you know uh, the, the, the 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 code whatever the case might yeah. be all of it, getting the receipt greeting the person by name behind the counter even if he's never seen them before and he's reading their name tag all of that so you know he'll ask lately it's like you know um can we go to so you know such and such and go inside the door i want to go inside the door and and i'm like well you know being able to go in there and then keep your mask on, washing your hands, keeping your distance and stuff like that, that's twice as important. And But at the same time, you have to learn, to think of the value in things, you know, in Napoleon Hill's classic thinking where it says, you know, where they, every adversity is a seed of equal or greater value if we look for it. So anytime something comes about, I try to go, where's the seed of equal or greater right. value? Where's, where's the value? Where's the value? And in this case, with him, the one thing that we learn, which is you know, it's that which we are reminded of all the time, which is, you know, 
You never know. You never know what he's going to do. You never know. And because I think because he wanted to get out so bad, he's willing to conform to whatever the requirements are to be out there. So, for instance, just total transparency and washing his hands, what he would do is he would, you know, go to the soap dispenser and wash like the top portion of his hand. We'll put the soap there and then just maybe run his hands together right on the top. And even then you go back and forth between being glad that he's doing it at all and thinking you can, you know, gradually slide into him doing it correctly or just no, no, look, boy, this is how you're going to do it. You can't, you can't, you have to take a bamboo approach as opposed to being so rigid. And so, but in this case, I don't know if it's because he's been inside so long, doesn't go out as much, but he's got the mask on the whole time and he's washing thoroughly doing, doing the whole thing. But there's still an adjustment period that, you know, that, that, uh, that takes place because, you know, he wants to go a little more often and you still have to pick and choose and gauge because, you know, um, meltdown isn't quite what it used to be, you know, in these times. And you see so many situations where people are, you know, dealing with uh, either other members of the public that aren't sure how to deal with kids or or uh, or law enforcement, even, which goes back to some of the things that uh, that uh, we were talking about in terms of what Layla Luna does with uh, Just Be. Uh, right. Which is, but I will know. say this, mm-hmm. you know, the interesting thing is that the challenges that our kids are facing today, in a way, you know, it's going to say, as like everything, it's going to set them up for things that they'll have to incorporate into their lives in the, in the future. You know, the thing that we've seen with the pandemic is that is that businesses are rethinking the way that they're having their employees before, you know, if, if employees wanted to do remote remote work um you know was kind of met with a a bit of resistance in some cases it was really well maybe you do it on monday and friday from home and you're in the office tuesday through thursday and you know why some people say well you're not as productive you know now everybody's being forced you know tell me there's a a massive acceptance and again the technology has improved considerably even though it's still jinky Um, and um and it's now become a normal part of you know, our day-to-day work lives. And so having kids have to adjust to doing school from home um, is not much different than they would, what adults are having to do adjusting from working from home. You know, they used to say like, the challenge of working from home is if you set your, your desk up in your bed, you know, that, at, that gets old because you don't have the variability of the location, right? And we're creatures right, of habit. Right. And so you, you want to move right. from your kitchen table to a desk to another room for relaxation, to a different room to, you know, to do your meditation, to a different room to, you know, you, and the assumption that everybody must own, own a, you know, a six or seven bedroom mansion, you know, with the gym and everything else. Um, right. Because we, we don't, you know, we've had to make those adjustments and set those little silos up in our, in our home to be successful working from home. But that's right. the adjustment that we're having to make as adults. And so with our kids, the fact that our kids are doing that and having to make those adjustments in school, it's it's really kind of a precursor to being flexible and learning how to be, uh, you know, productive and in the most optimal environment to be successful. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. the one good thing I could say that's the one silver lining coming out of this is that we're teaching our kids to be a little bit more adaptable to the kinds of things that they may have to do and may take on um, in, the, in, the, in the workforce. I think the one thing that's common, though, among all of us is that we are people and we're human and we love human interaction. I mean, I think for the most part, I know some people don't, but for the most part, <laughs> some people crave, right? Crave yeah. that human interaction. Yeah. You know, it's, um, so I'm part of a, of a men's group, you know, within our firm, as you know, and we have, um, we deal with, di- with different topics and different subjects each week, all geared towards making you, um, a better man, better husband, better father, um, better friend, better brother. And within that group, we have different teams. And I have the pleasure and honor of leading one of those teams. And on our weekly call, one of the guys was talking about how he's having a hard time adjusting because he just, he loves people. And it kind of hit me where it's like, I haven't, I haven't had that much of a hard time. Um, Socially, it hasn't really bothered me. And I'm a person, as you know, like you, I love interacting with people, you know, but yeah. it just 
hasn't really hit me yet, and I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. It, it, it hit me at times, like for instance, when I went to visit my mom, and went to drop something off, and you know, she's got a routine where you, you know, she opens the garage, pull up, come into the garage, you know, drop the stuff off, stand back, you greet at a distance, and you know, and that's it. And that's when it hits you. It's like, oh, this is kind of like this is weird, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. But I feel like. I don't know. What about you? How do you feel about that? Are you like just itching for it to go back to whatever normal is going to be? You know, I, it's so funny because I, I, I have a, I have an opinion and yet I've noticed over the last couple of weeks that where I have an opinion about how things should be, I, I don't always um, act in concert and I'm just, I'm, I'm copying to it myself right now. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, first of all, uh, you know, I'm, a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a single dad. And so the concept of dating has completely changed. And that's a subject we'll talk about, you know, at another time. Uh, but dating yeah. in the pandemic is, it's different. Um, and, you know, in certain parts of California, other parts of the country, by the way, there, things are wide open. Um, in other parts of, of, of Southern California, for example, down in the Orange County area, it's a much different environment. There's a lot more openness. There's a lot more restaurants are open. Most are doing seating and dining outdoors, but there's a lot of activities that people are being are engaged in. And frankly, I've enjoyed going down to Orange County from the LA area and, and participating in that. And so I, 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 I think, and in my opinion is we all should do everything we possibly can to, mm -hmm. you know, to, to give our, our, our first responders some breathing room in our hospitals and, and not put ourselves in a dangerous situation where we could possibly spread the, the environment. We're driving out to Las Vegas right now. And now, by the way, Las Vegas is a hotspot. We're not going to the casinos, but we're going to, you know, the residential area. Their perspective is completely different than ours here in, in, in California. And so I think opinion right. that I, if, if I were to tell myself, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. I would say, well, that's dumb. Why are you going? Nevada is, you know, Nevada's had a lot of, you know, uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, occurrences of, of of COVID, and that's kind of a dumb thing to do. And yet, I, I, I have, like, I'm drawn. I'm doing this for a business reason, um, and I'm doing it. And I'm, you know, and, and we're going. We take precautions. We have hand sanitizer. You know, I've got my, I've got my masks. We we, we stay socially, you know, appropriately socially distanced. So. Right. You know, taking all of the steps. And so my perspective is, is everybody has this drive and desire and a hope that we can get back to new normal. Or as one of uh, my colleagues said recently, the new different. Um, right. And, and, I, I, and I think that the more that we can be conscious of doing whatever we can when we are in a public environment. So if we are with a lot of people, wear a mask. If we, if wherever you can be socially distanced. And if you're doing all of that and taking those kinds of precautions, you're improving your chances of you know preventing a massive spread, so I I, I think in practice I actually do, I, I actually you know I I, I kind of go the other way. I wanna and wanna be out and be back to you know interacting with people. Um, you know, in my brain I'm like, oh, don't you know? Let's stay. That's it's okay to stay stay home. You know what I mean? I like I, I have yeah. these. I always joke about it. I have these arguments with myself about what to do, but I, by action and by drive, I really like, I like being out with people. That's a big thing yeah. for me. I like being social. I like being communicative with people. And, and Yeah. And, and yeah. interesting too, because I don't know, there's different pieces, pieces of it. And we veer a little bit from the special needs portion of it, but I just thought it's really interesting. Like for instance, you know, my gym closed and my daughter and I are the ones that, primarily use the membership a little more than anybody else. And I suspended it for, I think it's supposed to be like three months or something. And well, we bought equipment since and have stuff in the garage and right. now I need to cancel it because I'm like, I'm not going back anytime soon. Yeah. You know? And that's one of those things that I would say you're probably right. Right. There's an opportunity to have more chance of, you know, stuff spread in a gym environment where everybody's more working stuff, out and breathing yeah, heavy. It's a, and, a, a gym is a petri dish. Just, just look at it that yeah. way. You know, I same mean, with the is. hospital, right? Hospitals are right. petri dish. Gyms, right? There are certain settings yeah. that definitely are. And so, for me, 
like that, I'll avoid those. I'm good with that. I mean, oh. clearly, I'm avoiding. And I know people that have, that have posted videos about, you know, they're, they're posting videos about their workout. They had a friend that posted about uh, a trip they took with their family to to the zoo, and, and you know, and you know, the longer it happens, too, you go from like that's crazy. I would never do that to hmm. I wonder, and you stop and think, and it's the same thing with someone that has a child that is dealing with because you know I belong to several groups on Facebook that are you know different autism groups. Yeah. And sometimes someone will post um, a situation that you just find yourself going, I have no idea what that's like. And I think of our worst experiences and biggest challenges and you know, they don't involve anything that other people have gone through. And there's everything varies. Like I know a couple summers ago, you know, Elijah for almost all these years attended summer school on a regular basis. And that's because we wanted to keep him in the, you know, in some kind of routine and a couple summers ago he did not go and we all kept rock star hours you know i should say i shouldn't say we all he did because even though he would go to bed at two three sometimes six in the morning and i don't mean like he's up swinging from the chandelier i mean like the lights are off and he's in bed but just would not fall asleep you know for some people they don't realize that you know erratic sleep patterns are part of the the spectrum and boys um on the spectrum in particular produce less melatonin than girls so any autism family has probably invested a fair amount in in um, uh, melatonin gummies and they're good stuff by the way yeah but um you know so what happened is he would literally go to bed at times like six seven eight in the morning sometimes like not till in the worst case is not till like noon just be up on a cycle and that was like our worst thing probably close to it you know one of them right up there but then i saw something the other day that somebody posted i've seen people posted about having electronics and windows and things bashed and stuff like that there was somebody that posted about like three tvs that they went through like a six month span because oh they just, just kept breaking the tv oh my God. And, I like, and i say it all the time but it, it, you can forget that your biggest nightmares are some other people's dreams Right, you know, you just you 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 never know. But it's um, yeah. it's interesting. That's why again we need each other, and that's why one of our previous topics again was also the value of uh, of a village. And those are the things that you know that that bring us all together and uh, and unite us in there and are immeasurable in value. You know. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. It's it's one of the reasons why I like doing this with you because it forces me to you know, stop and think about, you know, these, these issues that are, that all of our families are dealing with um, and contemplate, you know, to your point, some, some people, they feel that it's their worst nightmare and other people are like, Oh, I'd trade my, my, my life for your worst nightmare. Cause it's so much better than what I'm dealing with. Right. It's all perspective. And at right. the end of the day, we say this a lot, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about empathy and love and, and putting yourself in, in other people's shoes and knowing that, you know, we're all we're all in this, you know, on this blue planet together and trying to make the best, you know, the best of, of our travels together for now and forever long we're, we're at. We've been talking a lot about the window. I've been talking about the window a lot ever since we had that, um, you know, we heard that concept by our friend Ed Milet talking about, you know, every time frame is like a window. And that time that I have with my 13 year old son here, that window is closing. You know, yeah. that he's yeah. home, he's going to go off to school at some point. And then, you know, that window will be closed and then the new window opens up and going to be here for as long as we, you know, enjoy, enjoy the ride for as long as we possibly can. We never know when that window is going to be closed. Right. It's like life is like, is, is one big window, but then you have all these smaller ones that also represent like seasons. And some of the seasons come, you know, you know, from in terms of the, the weather, those things come once a year, but the seasons of our life come once period you're you're only a teenager for but so long you know and then when you become an adult um you know the, the world changes and then when we become a parent the same thing you know occurs then um and it's funny because you're mentioning that um ed sharing that analogy the first time he talked about anything like that is when he said that you know he met some gentleman that said to him you know how, how old is your son and, you know met him when he was with his uh, his, his son max and I think he's maybe five or something like that. And he said, you enjoy that while you can, because pretty soon that five-year-old will be gone forever. And so will the six-year-old, that kind of thing. And you're like, 
that's obvious. It, nothing could be more yeah. right. It's not like politics or sports where there's an opinion, no matter what numbers say. It's something that is a fact. But as factual as it is, every now and then it just kind of eludes you because you get so caught up into just going about the day doing what you do. But it, it, it the windows, you know, each For window sure. never they never sit still and they're closing every single day. That's absolutely right. Most definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So what were yeah, you gonna I, say? And you know it's funny because in the work that in the work in the work that we do, the work that we do when we we help you know families look at their financial situation. I'm just having this conversation uh, uh, day before yesterday. Actually, I have the conversation as you know every day. But two days yes. ago, with a young man who's who's uh, got a one and a half year old, and it's their first child, and they you know they want to have two or three, and he you know through the pandemic he he took a job at a company, and um, what like the you know like to having the security of the job and. And we kind of talked about it. He's and he's young. He's you know thirty, um, and you know asking the question like, when do you want to retire? And he's like, well, you know, probably normal like sixty, sixty-five. And I said, how long do people in your family live? And he's like, oh, that's interesting. In general, my folks live to about you know seventy-five, eighty, maybe eighty. It goes like that. That's like oh, you're gonna work hell. for the next right. You're gonna work for the next thirty-five years, and then have fifty years left. I might be losing you. Lost you a little there. Are you still there? Lost can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? I don't see I you. I can anymore, hear you. I couldn't right. see you there for a minute. We can't see you, but we can hear you. Okay. I, yeah, I just going back to reflecting on the idea that time is so fleeting, right? And and even if we lived, I was thinking about it. I'm going to be 57 in a couple of months, which, first of all, I can't even believe. But, you know, that's three years right. away from 60. Uh, you know, yeah. talk about the window of time, you know, the time that my, I have with my son is really, what is it? It's 25 years, right? Maybe mm -hmm. left. Technically, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's a lot closer yeah. to the end than I am to the beginning. And you kind of think about like, wow, it's, it, it, and they say it goes faster as you get older. And that's the truth. And I keep thinking, oh my God, well, 57, it kind of came like really quickly. I can't imagine if 25 years is going to go even faster. Man, I better get. I better. I better do something because it's. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I'm losing opportunity to you know to to make stuff happen, right? Well, it, yeah, it's funny. It's like I was thinking the other day of my, the uh, the distance between my twentieth, between twenty, and thirty, versus, um, forty, and fifty. I mean, it's all ten years, but yeah. Some decades go by a whole lot faster than others. <laughs> For sure. For you know, sure. Um, they, they, they really do. And, I, and, I, and it's because of, you know, where, you know, depending on where you're at. So everything with that has to do with trying to just make sure that we add value and make the most out of our time. Um, yeah. You know, there's yeah. So, so many examples around us, but at the end of the day, it still seems like it gets very easy to forget that because there's that part of you that really does think you're going to be here forever. Just like no matter what you've seen happen to other people, if not, if you're not crazy enough to think you're going to be here forever, at the very least you're thinking like, it's, it, you know, sure. You're sure something could happen tomorrow, but I'm pretty much going to be here. Like, you know, yeah. it's not like there's some preparedness or something like that involved when nothing can be further from the truth. No, that's true. It's the truth. And I think, you know, when you start out and you start, you're married and you start with kids and your first house, you know, it does feel like there's a sense of permanence and, you know, it's going to be like this forever and it's going to be wonderful. But, and so planning for the future, you know, that's like planning for a change in your situation, right? Or planning for the unforeseen or planning for, you know, retirement, which for some people, especially if they're just beginning a job, that's just so out of the, out of their, you know, brains of, you know, possibility that they don't, you know, people generally don't plan right for the mm -hmm. future until right. they're like, well, man, maybe I better start planning for the future and, you know, I'll get to it next year and next year, you know, someday. And you right. know, I joke about there's no such day on the calendar as someday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't see someday, you know, <laughs> or any day. Yeah. Someday is not a day of the week. Right. Right. Yeah, but, but we treat it as though it is though. Like we I, I like to say that you know we, we treat life as though 
somehow like we just got some hookup on your like on somebody's guest list to get into heaven and or or you know just gonna like it's just gonna last and be yeah yeah for sure yeah but nothing yeah. Could be further further from the truth yeah and then you think about these these families who have you know i've had family members who've who've gotten sick during the pandemic and you know weren't weren't, weren't planning on you know having their loved ones die alone in a hospital or have a funeral service with only a handful of, of people to honor them in their passing and then it makes life seem like it's not worth much right if if when that when when you die with when you when you die and you you don't have the you know the called the luxury of having dignity at the end of your days um you know because it's in the in the context of a pandemic it it makes you kind of rethink everything that we're doing right it kind of makes you rethink how am i spending my time how am i spending my day how am i spending my life you know am i in the am i in the right relationship i am am i in the right house am i in the right city am i in the right job am i doing the right thing you know i think everybody goes through that process of sort of rethinking like you know, I want to find worth and value and make sure that I'm adding value to people's lives and everything that I'm doing. Right. In some way, shape, or form. Most definitely. Some yeah. way, shape, or form, for sure. That's why well, I like doing these with you because I know that that's your perspective, Sean. I know your perspective is always, how can I add value? And that's why yeah, I love And, and you know what? To be really, really, really just completely honest, is that it's always a, a fight. You know, I don't know. I don't, I, I, we mentioned Ed Milet earlier. He's one of the few people that I've heard actually admit this. Um, but I think most of what he shared or, or continues to share, the impression is given that, you know, he's mastered it. And that applies with some things. But I think with a lot of things, he's um, and he'll admit that it's a work in art, uh, a work in progress. And for me, I think that applies with everything. And being a parent to a child with special needs, it just, it, to me, it kind of, um, it shines a light on the areas that I need to work on and work in so much. And I, I have to be honest, I have to stop and look to see where I've come far because I'm so focused on sort of, you know, where I got to go. And I have to work to make sure like at the end of a day that I can let go of what I, I haven't, you know, cause I've told people that, you know, I'm not always the most patient especially with the things that you know challenges elijah may have socially or whatever have you and it's an interesting thing it's a gift and a challenge because he is like really really in tune to the emotions of other people especially the people that he's closest with and to and so that means that um laura and i he's in tune with us more so than anything so he may want like for instance earlier today he you know i, I think i told you about this you know she's just such a warrior out front and has been involved in a more hands-on manner than me with regard to a lot of his um his distance learning so yeah um she's back at uh at uh work today so she's you know doesn't have quite as much time so i'm popping in and checking on him and that kind of stuff and he was doing this anyway before but even more so now whereas you know i'm in the room and he's getting ready to to begin a lesson and his way because he'll speak either in the third person or it kind of in a roundabout way so what he says is uh, Elijah will stay in privacy. What that means is get out. So, you know, the lesson is beginning. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. Stay in privacy. I, I'm just here to make sure everything's okay. Yeah, yes, Daddy. But but Elijah will stay in privacy right now. I'm like, dude, you know, and if I want to help him in the thing. And if I now, and granted, this is where my ownership comes in. If I if I just walk out of the room and I'm just like, okay, I'll be out here if you need me. I'll go. But, and this is like I'm having a conversation with myself. <laughs> but it, it, I'm, just, I'm disappointed and I'm hurt at it. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Like then I leave the room, and because he's in tune, he's not like, oh, gosh, I thought you'd never leave. His thought is like, no, like wait, wait, daddy, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. What he wants is you to give him the green light and let him know that it's all right. So, yeah. and then I'm not as calm as I am now. So my thought is like. My gosh, you kick me out. Do you want me to stay? Do you want me to go? Which one is it? And then I even calmly ask, which one do you want? Do you want me to stay? Do you want me to go? You know? And then um, I, and then I've, that's where, I, of course, I think I'm using this great reverse psychology where he's going to, well, I guess I want you to stay. But what he really wants is just to know that it's that it's okay. So, yeah. you know, the work in progress and becoming a better human being is just like, 
so constant and so right in your face. But, what, but what a great lesson, though, even for you as a parent to do, you know, have worked through that that communication, you know, in its unique form, which is really what yeah. it is, it's a unique form. It's a it's a common human capacity to, you know, to emote and to, you know, empathize and yet a unique way of delivering that communication. Um, yeah. You've, 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 you, it's almost like learning a second language. You really, oh, and yeah. I think that is what happens, right? When we have yeah. kids who have special needs, we, or children with special needs to correct myself, um, uh, you know, we're, we're forced to learn a new, a new way of communication. I remember when Jordan was in her early intervention program and she wasn't, you know, she wasn't learning uh, how to communicate with words in the normal way. And she learned sign language as right. her first language, actually, yeah. um, and um, and and we learned sign language, and until and it, it just eased her ability to learn how to communicate and learn how to use words at that point. So, you know, everybody, are you coming and going? They're just learning another language, like ESL, right? Just learning a second language. Yeah, um, well, you've mastered a second language. It's amazing. I wouldn't even know if I said master. I think Laura's mastered. I get, I get. What was that? I said Laura's mastered. I get better at it, and and to be really, really honest and really truthful. Did I lose you there? If I get, can you hear me? Hopefully you can. We can still hear you. <laughs> but if I get praise as a, you know, as a parent recognition or something like that, that feels weird sometimes. Well, we've lost Brian. I'm sure he's going to pop right back in since he's uh, on the road. But just keeping with what I was saying is that there's times where um, I honestly feel it feels a little uncomfortable when there's some praise or recognition that's given for being um, not so much for being a good parent, but when it goes beyond good. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you're so great with your son. And, you know, I, I don't ever feel like it's, you know, a flat-out fraud, but um, – but there are times where I feel like it's, you know, I'm not the most comfortable with it. You know, um, I was saying, Brian, to just before you pop back in there, that, you know, it, it is such a work in progress that when I'm complimented or recognized or praised or anything like that for being a good, a good parent, um, it's okay. I feel okay with it when someone says that you're a good parent, but when they, oh my gosh, you're such a a great parent. The, the more it's given, the more comfortable it feels uh, at times because the, the closest I get to being completely comfortable with it is just going, well, I try, you know, it, like it's a work in progress. If somebody's more over the, the top than that with it, then it feels like, give me a little more time. And when I, when <laughs> I get there, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. Because <laughs> it just, you know, it, it just, I don't know. That's just, that's just the truth. And that's where, that, that's where it is. Listen, at the end of the day, right? no matter what anybody says to you until you're at the, you know, at the end and, and God says to you, you know, good work, faith, faithful servant, you know, we don't often take it in. Um, yeah. So I, I get it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely. I think that the one thing that, you know, that, that anybody who watches this or who has had the benefit, you know, who, who's been able to see us do any of these um, episodes knows that, you know, they've been there. We, we, we speak the truth about those kinds of things. And, you know, we have a certain level of humility and that the people who go through the same things that we go through, they, they, they know it, they acknowledge it. And in a way you are acknowledging them by, by saying out loud those things that they all feel and that we all feel. And so I will tell you, you're an amazing dad. You're an amazing, uh, an amazing husband and partner and, and um, and your amazing you know colleague and business partner and also you know a warrior for these causes and for and for these families. So you know oh, I, yeah. it's an honor for me to be you know to be in conversation with you about this stuff. And and so yeah, if you don't take it in, that's okay. You will at some <laughs> point. But I will tell you, you know, you're doing great work, faithful servant. So well, you know, amazing. Thank you much. And if you know if if, if you can see that any. If your ability to see that is based on um, 
you know, what I do just as much of that is based on your eyes, which means that you, you have to have it. You have to have some of it in order to be able to see it. So thank you. So that, that you know, right back at you. Thank you. And uh, on, on that note, um, I think it's a good time for us to look to wrap up. It's a, little, a couple yep. minutes earlier than usual, but yeah, um, my challenging technology on my drive and I apologize <laughs> for that. No, that's okay. That's okay. We're getting better at this thing. As I mentioned before, in closing, we are now on um, uh, Apple Podcasts, and then we we can also be found, uh, or soon to be found, on uh, Spotify, and we'll be on other platforms as well. We have some exciting stuff coming up, uh, which in the next coming days you'll see uh, about the guests that are going to be joining us over the next um, coming weeks. And um, you know, I was thinking about the last thing you said, Brian, when you talked about uh, when I we're, we're vulnerable and we talk about the challenges either that we face being parents to children with special needs or accepting any kind of recognition for it and that people see that and identify you know we'd love to know what it is you identify with that we that we that we share and just as a, if not more important what you'd like to have us share what it is that you'd like to hear about what have we not talked about that you would like uh to see because you know we enjoy this tremendously um but our level of enjoyment is measured by um the level of value that, that we, we bring to the people that take the time to listen to this. There are people that are going to be listening to this that listen live. And now there's people that will listen to, you know, a replay, whether it's on our YouTube channel, um, on um, uh, the Facebook page at, um, you know, Spotify or an Apple podcast after the fact. So we'd love to hear. And, uh, you know, we'll be um, getting a, you know, a website set up and we have, a, you know, an email address where we'll be taking um you know information as well uh the email address i believe is actually um just two dads at gmail.com if there's things you'd like to hear uh topics anything that um you have questions about feel free to let us know and then in, just before we wrap up one of the last things that we talked about we as i mentioned we talked about estate planning and uh and life insurance as it relates to special needs this week our firm actually has a financial literacy event that's taking place i'll be posting the flyer on the page um on the on the facebook page and it, they're, they're free events and they're each day has a different topic and they're things that apply to anybody that earns a dollar and pays taxes but they apply twice as much to those of us that care for and love some special needs so uh, make sure you take a look if you want to attend let us know we'll make sure that we get you the link and then again as we always say each week uh one i want to make sure that i give thanks to um my partners in thrive which is uh, my wife laura and uh my mom as well and thank you brian and then uh, we want to make sure that you keep in mind and remember that there's somebody out there someplace that um, needs to know that you care. There's somebody out there someplace that's going through something. And the other thing is there's somebody out there somewhere that desperately needs for you to succeed because they need your example. And you may never even meet them. But, there's a, but, there, but at some point, they're going to see the example that you set. So any notion or idea that you have about succeeding or having a goal or dream come true it's bigger than you it isn't just about you hitting that dream um but just remember that you're capable of so much more than you might think so for those that joined us thank you so very much um make sure that you, uh, you check us out we've uh, we'll let you know what's coming up in the next couple of weeks we've got some great guests lined up and some stuff that we're really excited about so thank you so very much brian and uh, blake awesome. drive safe okay take care